what I'm really interested in around sentiment is the why. Why around a sentiment, whether it's positive, negative, or indifferent, because that's where the actionability lies. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. I'm a river rat. I would rather be in a canoe on a river than just about any place else on the planet. I'm fascinated by how the water moves on its way downstream. As you watch the water in a river flow, you will notice a phenomenon called an eddy. An eddy occurs when the water encounters an obstruction in its path. As it makes its way around the obstruction, a void is created and the water actually flows back upstream to fill the gap. If the water is moving fast enough and the obstruction is large enough, it can create a whirlpool. By now, you're checking to see if you're really streaming an episode of Status Go, or if you accidentally downloaded an episode from the Discovery Channel. Well, you are in the right place. This is Status Go, and I am your host, Jeff Tun. Today, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence, machine learning, and yes, eddies. I'm joined by two guests. Amy Brown is the founder and CEO of Authentics. Michael Armstrong is Authentics Vice President of Product Innovation. Together with their team, they are on a mission to help humans understand humans at scale. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. Our listeners know that we do prep calls with our guests before we before we start, because I, I always threaten that we should be recording those prep calls because they're usually pretty good. And I, I know we had a great conversation the other day, so I'm looking forward to diving in. Before we get on the river and navigate our eddies, I'd love to hear about your journey. Amy, let's start with you. Would you share a bit about your background with our listeners? Sure. So uh, prior to launching Authentics in 2018, I had a really fun career uh, working in the healthcare industry, largely uh, health insurance and the life sciences space. Also did a little, a couple tours of duty in state government, enjoyed that. But a key theme in my career has been working with patient populations and helping the companies that serve them, you know, have an excellent customer experience. So it was really in that uh, in that tenure of my career that I came to the idea of Authentics. I'm also a mother of four young kids. Uh, I'm a Hoosier, so um, I've got a lot going on in my life right now. <laughs> and an inventor. I didn't realize that until I was researching for the show, and I've known you for a long time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I invented a baby product when my first child was born and got it all the way into big box retail and a celebrity endorsement. And uh, that was all my side hustle. But I, le- I learned <laughs> I learned a lot in the process. I bet. Now, before we get to Michael, I want to ask you a follow-up question. As we are recording this, we're nearing the end of Women's History Month. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask what it's like to be a 
female founder of a tech startup. Yeah, you know, I I really value and appreciate the focus on women's history uh, this month every year and enjoy the reflection period on all the women who have trailblazed, you know, in every industry and in every craft, every field. But my as I as I really think about it, you know, what I really hope for our future is that the female part isn't such a qualifier because there's so much diversity in in the tech space that it's just not really a thing. And you know, when I think about my own journey and how I want to be measured, uh, I really want it to be based on how our product is changing the world and the results of our growth and not that it was because a woman, you know, the, with the woman part of it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, I, I both value and appreciate the focus on it, uh, but I also dream of getting past this period of time where it almost feels a little bit like a qualifier, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, Amy. I too look forward to the day when we don't talk about female founders, black founders, Asian founders. We just talk about founders. Michael, I'd love for you to share your journey with our listeners. What's led you to the work you're doing today at Authentics? Yeah, definitely. So so my background, uh, my professional background has been in several different industries. So I've worked in, I've worked in, hospitality, healthcare, uh, insurance, you know, so a lot of different industries, but in, in all my experience, it's always been, I've always been really involved in data, always been very involved in, in analytics. And I've spent a lot of time sharing that with, uh, with executives, with leaders, uh, you know, in my experience, in my background. So, you know, for me, this is just the, the analytics space is uh, a very familiar space. Thank you for that, Michael. Okay, I'd love to solve the mystery. What do eddies have to do with artificial intelligence and machine learning and the work of authentics? Either one of you, whichever one wants to start. Well, I'll start with why eddies is a thing for authentics, and then Michael can can talk about the AI component of it. Um, when we were getting started analyzing customer conversations, I came home one day after after looking at a, a, a set of data and I was explaining to my husband, you know, there's this phenomenon we're seeing in, in these customer conversations. It's essentially customers who are cycling back, contacting the company over and over again to solve a problem that should have been solved but isn't yet. And I started drawing on a piece of paper this kind of swirly motion and I'm like, it's wasting so much time on the company's part and effort, and it's driving all this negative sentiment, and it's this kind of customer um, churning effect that we're seeing in the data. And my husband said, you know what that sounds like, Amy? And now Kevin, my husband, is a white water rafting guide, has been, and he said, that sounds like an eddy. And so that's really, I said, yes, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) And it just fit. And so now the eddy effect is actually something we measure um, and quantify the impact of in our product for our our clients, because it is a massive factor in wasted customer effort. And we're able to tie hard dollars to it. So it's been kind of a foundational part of of our product. 
Excellent. Michael, what would you add to that? For me, it's really just a really great foundation. As we implement and, and we work on different problems from a machine learning perspective, uh, historically, uh, when, you, when you talk about these interactions you might have in a call center, you know, sort of the first thing everybody goes to is sentiment, right? Are you measuring sentiment? Are you reporting on sentiment? And my experience has been extensively that that's not real useful, right? It's not like um, it doesn't help you to know that, well, this was a little bit negative or a little bit positive, you know? And so when we, when we really started to dive into this idea of Vanetti, it was, it was incredible to see how much more information and, and how much more actionable and, and how much more insightful it was, even from a machine learning perspective, uh, uh, you know, for us to just kind of apply those techniques. And it just helped coming from the starting point um, being just a much more sort of business or, or insightful sort of starting point. Uh, it, it really makes the machine learning that we're applying much, much more effective than it otherwise would be. Well, one of the drawbacks to the technology age that there's been a lot written out about for years is the dehumanization of people. Uh, way back in 1978, Bob Seger even sang about feeling like a number, right? As AI and ML have become more mainstream, we've seen that pendulum swing back. And today it's all about personalization of our interactions. Michael, you mentioned already the sentiment analysis and some of the work you're doing with your analysis of these conversations between consumers and their caregivers. Would you mind sharing your perspectives on the differences between what what the analysis is that you are doing and sentiment analysis and then what sets authentics apart? Yeah, I'll... I know Amy wants to wants to speak to that too, but I'm going to start, uh, and, and I'll say it a little bit differently. I come at this from a different angle. You know the, what really sets sets us apart. I, I alluded to it a minute ago, uh, which is is the starting point. How do we think about the problem? Um, how do we think about the interaction, and how do we think about analyzing it? Um, and so, so really, that you know what I'm describing there is context. Um, when we go at anything, right, we're thinking through the context, we're thinking through the problem set, and 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 we're really drawn on experienced professionals in this space, you know. So even something like sentiment, uh, you know, I'm a little bit negative on the on the sentiment idea, um, but there's ways you can go at it that I think are just so much more impactful. And just one example is, you know, what I'm really interested in and in, in the sentiment side is how did the sentiment change, right? Remember, we're, we're really thinking about an interaction with a customer. So what I care about is, did it improve throughout that interaction? Maybe it's a five minute interaction um, with a customer. So, uh, you know, if that interaction started really negative uh, and it ended really positive, at the end of the day, that's a win. That's a really good thing for, for any given company. And so those are the kind of, kind of approaches that we're really taking to, to ML is, let's make sure we're starting with trying to identify something that's really impactful, really useful, really actionable. Yeah. And what I'm really interested in around sentiment is the why. Why around a sentiment, whether it's positive, negative, or indifferent. Because that's where the, the, the actionability lies. If all you know is a certain percentage of your population is, is angry or frustrated, but you don't understand the root cause of that, then it's really useless data. Um, you can stress about your sentiment score, but you can't impact it at all. 
And that's what I became frustrated with as a, as a leader in healthcare organizations when we looked at our NPS score or we looked at survey scores. You know, it's just not actionable for me. I don't know where to target my efforts. So a really big focus of Authentics is to provide users and leaders with the contextual, immersive insights around the structured data that allow them to take action with a higher degree of confidence that that action will actually impact the the, the yeah. outcome they're looking for. Now, are you looking at so if I if I contacted my healthcare provider and I contacted them multiple times, are you looking at my multiple contacts with them to identify that blockage in the river, so to speak, that creates that eddy? Are you analyzing across multiple interactions? Yeah, we're typically taking in a high volume of interactions um, into our speech analytics platform on an ongoing basis. But honestly, that the most insightful indicator of eddies is what the customers are saying in the conversation. Yeah. They will say, without being asked, this is the third time I've called. I called you. You said you'd call back. You never did. I was on your website. I never got a confirmation email. Now I have to call you. Like These are all the signs that someone is in an eddy. And we've been able to study that and design our NLP to seek it out. Yeah, we can usually identify that, that eddy. Uh, you know, just from one interaction uh, yeah. pretty well. I've never used those phrases when I call a tech support hotline. <laughs> right? It always the goes third time I've called. <laughs> <laughs> when we talked earlier, we talked about unstructured data. And Amy, you mentioned structured data when, when you were describing some of the work that Authentics is doing. But how are you using that data to humanize the interactions. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that it's really important to turn very messy, unstructured data into structured data because that is what helps leaders, users understand kind of the size and scope of a problem, right? And, and it's what gives the visualizations needed to understand where to focus effort. Having said that, that doesn't tell the full story, right? Just looking at a pie graph or a, a line chart on, you know, what people call about or what topics mm -hmm. are, are causing that that might be directionally helpful, but it doesn't provide the context around the why. And it's also, you know, it's keeping people only in their headspace and not really making them feel connected to their customer. All the while, we have marketing teams and market research teams spinning up elaborate programs for customer immersion and, and customer interviews because they want to feel connected to the voice of their customer. And the reality is, is that they can be connected to the voice of their customer immediately by, by tapping into the conversations that are happening all day, every day. So... The way we strike a balance between structured and unstructured data is we use technology to surface the most impactful, gripping components of a conversation. We are able to tag and label them. 
And then users not only see the data visualizations and the kind of the things they need to see from an aggregated perspective, but they're able to then listen to compilations of the actual customer voice. We call them call montages, where let's say we have a, a client that really cares about what customers are saying about um, tech support. And so they can go into their, their montage library in Authentics and they can they can see that this problem is occurring forty percent um, of the time. Uh, the customers are reporting that, and then they can click on a montage and listen to a five minute clip of ten different customers just describing in these conversations their pain over and over again. And when we see leaders hear the actual customer voice that illustrates the theme and the data, it takes them from their head to their gut. And they can't unhear it. And that is what really compels them to take action. They're feeling the emotion behind the conversation, right? Yes. Yeah, I just want to add to that, just because this was what Amy's describing was, was really impactful for me. It was a light bulb moment, if you will. Because from my experience, I had, you know, I had presented um, what I thought was really compelling charts and graphs uh, so many times you know, throughout my career. And then to see it just not really acted upon. You know, so when we combine combine the sort of objective with the subjective, and to see the action items that are taken and see the impact that it had for me, that's you know that that's just where it all comes together uh, with what we do. For our listeners, would you take a moment and describe in general a customer of Authentics and the types of calls that you're you're analyzing, and then perhaps an action or two that was recommended out of that analysis? Sure. So we serve um, kind of a broad array of primarily healthcare uh, companies. The kind of sub sectors we serve are pharmaceutical, life sciences companies, health insurance, and uh, health and hospital systems, right? So most of us have been a healthcare consumer at some point or the other, and we probably all have had experiences either calling to talk about a bill into our insurance company or into the providers, or uh, perhaps we were prescribed a, a medication and um, called the patient services line um, for the maker of that medication because we were having a side effect. Or perhaps, you know, we had a healthcare claim that was so large and we weren't sure uh, if it was processed correctly. Um, so these are all the different types of scenarios. And there are dozens of other examples of the types of calls that we analyze. But one thing is in common with all of them, and that is these are complex conversations. This is different than, you know, calling in your utility company. Uh, these are these are usually highly vulnerable and emotional uh, conversations with a lot of, you know, protected health information. So one of the themes that we have been able to identify with our clients is this this issue between all the complexity of the healthcare system so customers are often calling into a, a line and they're negotiating between, let's say, their doctor's office, their pharmacy, 
and their insurance company. And they're, they're feeling stuck in the middle, trying to make something happen with, so that it unlocks the key so that they can get the service they need or the prior authorization for the surgery that's coming up or to get a bill paid properly. And what we've been able to do is help diagnose where are the breakdowns in that customer journey for our clients so that they can take action to kind of correct or smooth out that process. And what does that do for the company? Well, besides improving the customer's experience in that moment, um, what it really does and what we're, where it really translates to ROI is, you know, all healthcare is competing based on customer experience right now. And they're all trying to figure out how to retain their customers and keep them from going um, to the competition. And so it really helps their customer retention strategy. Amy, even your tagline on LinkedIn is uh, understanding humans, human interaction, right? And as you were describing that, your emotion built as you were talking. You were, you, I can tell you feel these problems that you're trying to solve. And I think that's fantastic. I'd love to talk in maybe a little bit more in general about uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. There's so much written in the media today about those two related technologies. Uh, So Michael, to you, what is it? And just as importantly, what is it not? Wow. Uh, Yeah. So let me start with the not part. I mean, you know, so for me, (laughs) it's not replacing people. It's not a silver bullet. Uh, as a practitioner, as someone who works in and, and with uh, engineers and researchers every day, the promise is exciting. Uh, you know, the promise of machine learning and AI is really exciting and, and it's fun. The reality of it is a little bit different, especially in our space. You know, really being able to replace listening, uh, being able to replace a human analyst, really understanding the, the interaction. That's not something that's possible in, in any near term at all. That's not what AI is um, for us. But we can do with it is we can really, we can leverage it to improve the ability of of people to listen. Um, We can help them listen to the, listen for the right thing. We can help them listen to the right uh, interaction and we can learn from each other. So uh, the machine can learn from the analysts and the analysts can sort of learn from the machine, you know, so they can target a little bit better, but it, it definitely cannot replace them. I think that's a great point. And Amy, I'd love your thoughts on where Authentics inserts the human into this process. Because I know we talked about kind of those feedback loops and making sure that, as Michael was saying, the machine gets gets smarter, uh, the algorithms get better. So how what does that process look like at Authentics? Yes. So... Um, A really important part of our product is uh, this thing we call smart sampling. So we may take in a large volume of customer interactions and we use speech analytics to uh, essentially curate what we call a smart sample of interactions that contain content that our clients most want to hear. And that's the smart sample. And that sample goes into a queue, if you will. Uh, It's an analyst-assisted evaluation process where where analyst users can listen to the interaction. They can clip segments of the interaction. They can 
add further context by tagging and labeling things that uh, perhaps speech analytics didn't, but are important to understanding the nature of the conversation. And that brings value in two ways. The first way is that they're immediately getting insight and all of their work is, is being aggregated into data visualizations and things that are immediately available to leadership team. But the second thing it does is their tagging and labeling of the data is actually improving the machine learning models we have. So it's taking a non-tech workforce whose job it is anyway to listen and understand customer conversations and giving them tools to immediately upscale the value of their work and also, without them even realizing it, improving the, the model over time. I love that feedback loop concept because I think that's one of the litmus tests, if you will, that uh, when I talk with with CIOs and IT leaders uh, about when a vendor describes their solution as being AI or, or having machine learning is to ask where the feedback loop is. How does the model keep getting better? So many times the answer is, well, we don't know or we don't do that. So I love that you have incorporated that into, into what you're doing. I know both of you love to poke at popular notions from time to time, maybe. So why do many AI and ML solutions fall short in your minds? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me start with actually something you just mentioned, which we really highlighted the feedback loop. Um, and that's really important for us. And that feedback loop isn't just um, like machine learning techniques. It's not just like, hey, how can we apply integrated gradients into this, you know, into our process? And we spend as much time getting, you know, really, really trying to allow the, the analysts to feed the machine and for the machine to send back information to the analyst that's really useful and to make sure that there's an ongoing cycle of that on a daily basis. So we're just, we're always trying to get better, but we also want to understand the model. We don't want to just see the output. We want to try to understand why and what is the model saying, right? Why is it saying this? Uh, and that also really helps us improve and, and have a much more useful or richer feedback loop than we otherwise would. I think that's something that's really important. Um, you know, as much as I love to just, you know, really just kind of geek out on on some neat little models or something like that, it's not super useful in and of itself, right? It's really all about how are we going to utilize it? How are we going to get better? But then really to get into your question, what I just described, I think is a major factor. I think another major factor is just um, just implementing a, a, an integrated process where our focus is on the action items, right? Our focus is on the the actionable insights, not just on some neat results, uh, you know, or some neat graphics, which I love. I mean, I love to do that, but as a nerd, but it doesn't help that much. You know, it's just not that useful. <laughs> yeah, it all comes down to is it actionable or not? And while it's cool to see keyword clouds and sentiment scores and things that AI can tell us, it doesn't help understand enough to take action on it. The other thing I just want to poke at <laughs> is that. Um, you know, human beings are culturally diverse and the way they talk about, they may all be calling a company with the exact same problem, but the way they talk about it is uh. formed by their paradigm, their culture, their background, all kinds of things. And, you know, my, my education is social work. <laughs> and so 
it is extraordinarily important that if, if AI is truly to be helpful and successful, then it needs to have some cultural intelligence to it. And so a big part of what we do at Authentics is helping our clients understand the differences in their diverse patient populations. And, you know, we've learned that people talk differently about their healthcare depending on their background. And that's a really important part of the story. And if we're not talking about it, then we're excluding, you know, major parts of the population. So that's a limitation I've seen in, in, in the products that are out there. And it's just not good enough as far as I'm concerned for what leaders really need to, to make real differences. Well, let me just share one other thing that for me is the way I talk about what, what Amy just said, just in a different language, like in my nerd language, uh, if you will. You know, so a lot of people like to talk about AI and, and they think about self-driving cars, right? And they think about computer vision. You know, we talk about it a lot within Authentics and, and my team. We talk about comparing what we do to com computer vision. Um, with computer vision, so your inputs are very finite. You know, you have 256 pixels. Um, your outputs are very finite. It's stop, go, left, right, uh, faster. With what we're working on, you know, the way I describe what Amy just said is our inputs are infinite, right? I mean, the language, we're processing language and language is infinite and how it's used is infinite. Any given single word could have, you know, any number, n number of, of meanings, depending on how it's used, the tone, the inflection, the words around it. Just understanding the problem space is kind of half the battle, it seems, yeah. and sometimes. I love that you both brought culture into this. We did an episode, oh gosh, a, a few months back now, where we talked about bias in AI and machine learning. And one of the things that was pointed out was was culture. In fact, I think it was uh, Ashish was talking, he's natively from India. And in the United States, when a doctor asks you on a scale of one to 10, what your pain level is, you answer. In India, the doctor decides what your pain level is. And it's just a totally different paradigm. So it changes the conversation. And I love that you also have highlighted several times today that it's about the action. Because that's near and dear to our heart here on Status Go, because we are all about action. That's why we created this podcast. So I'd like to ask each of you, what's one or two things our listeners should do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today. Michael, I'd love to start with you and then uh, Amy after Michael's done. So Amy talks about humans, understanding humans. My little, my just really small part of that is trying to help uh, humans understand nerds and nerds understand humans, you know? So what that really means to me is, you know, how are we utilizing the technology um, to have an impact? How are we, how, do you, how are we utilizing that to, um, to make our people better, to help our people do a better job. And for me, that's, uh, that's the question, you know, we should be asking. Yeah. What I would say to the listeners is if you work um, at a place that has a source of unstructured data in the form of human conversations, and these don't have to be phone calls, by the way, they could be um, chats, they could be emails. If you're not leveraging that even in a really manual kind of scrappy way to find out what's going on, then you're really, really missing out. So I would encourage you to find out how you're leveraging that data source to find insights. And if you're not, I would encourage you to just run a very 
um, simple manual experiment where you're listening to a subset of, of customer calls and just start to imagine what that could do for your organization if you listened at scale. I love both of those actions because I, I know our listeners, as they're hearing your conversations, they may not be involved in healthcare, but pretty much uh, every IT department I've ever known has a support line uh, that has lots of customer interactions to it. Uh, it's part of the daily life. And I think they can apply those actions to that work of theirs. I really want to thank both of you for being on our show today. This has been a great conversation. I know uh, that it, it's uh, a, a lot to ask sometimes to uh, put aside the daily work and jump on a, a call like this. So I really appreciate both of you being here. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Uh, I love talking about this stuff. So it was, it was fun for me. <laughs> And I'm thinking we might have you back and maybe even go deeper on, on this stuff because I think it's really fascinating. And AI and machine learning is just going to grow uh, even more and become more part of our daily lives. So really appreciate it. For our listeners out there, if you want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun. For Amy Brown and Michael Armstrong, Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.